This show is brought to you by our show sponsor, BetterHelp Online Therapy. If you ever feel stuck or out of options, know that you aren't. If you're in a bad place, but not ready to talk about it, don't worry. If you need a little extra support more than usual, BetterHelp is here for you. BetterHelp is a customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and 21 and over listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash holly. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash holly. Welcome back to another episode of 21 and Over. So happy to have you back with us. This week, we're covering a topic I know from my experiences, PTSD. And to help discuss treatment, myths and more, Pesu Joe from BetterHelp will be joining us. But as always, it's time for a check-in. Tally, welcome back. As always, good to have you. So good to be back, guys. How have you been this week? My week has been good. Um... I've changed my hair colour. It looks great, by the way. <laughs> I'm now a blonde. Um, and I went shopping with mum the other day. And it was so nice to actually shop and not be like shopping online. It was, it was a full experience, like fitting rooms were open. It was. It felt strange, though. Definitely was it busy? Open. Mum likes to go in the morning, so we avoid the rush. Well, that's very clever. <laughs> but that's very by clever. the time we left, it was getting busy. How long were you there? How long was the trip? <laughs> a while. <laughs> Hours. Yep. <laughs> and what about a low this week? Anything in particular? Um, my low this week, I would say as everyone is kind of getting back to normal, everyone's uh, the world is going back to its normal self, I would say I have been noticing, I think the thing with PTSD is that when a trauma happens, you're kind of in survival mode. So you miss out on experiences. For me, it was being at university and making friends and socializing and whether it's like going out for my, by myself. So I think recently I've been noticing that I really have kind of missed out on those like key skills. Mm. Um, so kind of feeling like I'm behind whilst it's quite easy for people to see friends they haven't seen in the last year. Whereas I'm kind of a lot more hesitant and it takes a yeah. lot to get me to go out. But I think the awareness around that house is a really good thing and actually to give yourself the time, right? You, you know, you understand why you might be struggling with it or or taking a bit longer kind of to settle. Mm. But I think then it's really important that you give yourself that time and, and try not to sort of criticize, you know, the reasons behind it. You know, you, 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 you've been suffering. It's a strange kind of, it feels unfair and kind of coming mm. out of, I guess, like patient mode and readjusting um so there's that feeling of kind of this is so unfair that I have to do this and that it's harder than everything else but as with anything as with change if we've discussed before you know it it will happen yeah absolutely absolutely and it it it, everyone's timing is different Mm. I think it's really important to remember that we all have different needs and therefore it takes you know just because it takes someone less time to adapt to a change doesn't make it any you know doesn't make them better um I guess you know this is when we have to just 
accept that, you know, it, our timing is different, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. That's very true. Now, what about you? How has your week been? It's been good. I, uh, we went to, um, South Bank. I said the South Bank. That is right. <laughs> South Bank. Uh, and went to a, a gallery, uh, an exhibition. And, you know, I, I felt like, you know, I've lived in London my whole life. I felt like, you know, I was sort of seeing new things. And it was, I guess, because we've been sort of in, in lockdown on and off for the last 18 months. And uh, I felt like I was experiencing new things. And it was really nice. It was a beautiful sunny day. And I felt very cultured. Uh, I'd say, I mean, I don't really have any any lows. Obviously, I can be extremely British and complain about the heat. Um, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Just, I guess, a lack of sleep. But I'm not really much to complain about this week it's been pretty good been feeling good as well I think that always uh, makes a massive difference Mm. you know feeling good in myself and and um, less you know anxious and overwhelmed so trying to just not hold on to that feeling um, and knowing that it will you know like everything it will change but I'm really enjoying it while, while it lasts Because PTSD is something a lot of people deal with, including myself, I thought it was best to bring another expert into the mix. Today, we have Hesu Jo from BetterHelp, where she serves as Head of Clinical Operations at BetterHelp.com. She's also a licensed marriage and family therapist. Hesu, welcome to 21 and Over. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's so great to have you on. Yes, thank you for joining us today. As always, we like to do a check-in at the start. How have you been handling the last year? Oh, that is a loaded question. Have I been handling? Um, You know, I think I've just been doing what so many of us have been doing, which is trying my best to get through all of this, trying to keep up motivation to, you know, maintain some kind of normalcy in my life and and maintain connection with people as challenging as it has been. Um, But overall, today, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm really excited to be here. Well, we're so excited to have you here. So today's topic is PTSD. Obviously, there's a lot of titles that circulate, but how would you describe it? Yeah, a lot of titles. I do want to say a lot of people might think of something called shell shock when they hear of PTSD. Mm. This is a term that was coined during World War I, and and we started hearing terms like combat fatigue after World War II. Um, But I do want to say PTSD doesn't just happen to combat veterans. Mm. It stands for post-traumatic stress disorder. So really, if somebody has witnessed or experienced serious injury, um, trigger warning, sexual violence, or life-threatening experiences, really any kind of threat to your safety, your sense of security, you may develop something called post-traumatic stress disorder because you've had some kind of threat um, to your you know, yourself, your body, there might be some harm or perceived danger around death. Um, And all these things can cause intense trauma, even if you're not physically harmed. So it's really about your perception of your safety. And so this can lead to feelings of powerlessness and possessing little control over your environment. At the same time, there's there's now in the field a distinction between something called big T trauma and small T trauma. So big T trauma really refers to all the things that I was talking about, um, things that include natural disaster, terrorist attacks, combat, like we talked about, a car or plane accident, etc. These are big um, 
often really scary events that make you feel like you don't have control over the situation around you or your environment. A small t trauma can often be overlooked as something being traumatic to you because it might not be a life-threatening injury, but things like interpersonal conflict or um, infidelity in your relationship, which may even lead to divorce, which can be also small t trauma, um, abrupt or extended changes in your life, um, like a relocation that was outside of your control or maybe financial or legal troubles. Um, these kinds of things are also considered to be traumatic. Is it something everyone who goes through these traumatic experiences, everyone get PTSD or is it not something that everyone would get? Great question. And, and there is a differentiation here. Like not everybody that experiences a traumatic event is going to develop PTSD and have all these symptoms that impact their lives. And that differentiation in, in resilience levels and the way that somebody ends up coping with this stuff, it's not about the event it's about the person, right? Because a group of people can be somewhere at the same time experiencing the same thing and they all leave, go on about their lives. And some of them, actually a very small percentage of them may develop PTSD while many others um, will be able to move on, process this stuff and, and not develop any of these symptoms. So no, not everybody that experiences trauma is going to develop PTSD. And what would you say for little t trauma, if you were to develop signs or symptoms what would they be, the sort of telltale signs? Well, the symptoms after one has experienced trauma are very varied. There's so many things that you can start experiencing, and it really manifests differently across populations for different individuals. Um, but some of the more common things that you'll see or hear about for folks that are diagnosed with PTSD are things like intrusive memories. Mm. So this is just like repetitive and unwanted memories of the traumatic event. Um, some people might refer to this as having really vivid flashbacks um, and they're just constantly reliving this traumatic event as if it were happening again and again. Another form of how these things can intrude on your psyche is just uh, like upsetting dreams or nightmares and just overall emotional distress stress. And, and this can even look like physical reactions sometimes to triggers or stimulus in your life that reminds you of the traumatic event. Um, so that's all stuff about not being able to not think about this thing. And then there's another side of symptoms that's more uh, described by something called avoidance. And it's, it's what it is, right? You're trying to avoid thinking about this thing or talking about it. You avoid going to places that remind you of this thing. You might start avoiding activities and people. Um, you just want to try to not think about this thing. So you end up putting a lot of blocks in your life and then you mm -hmm. end up avoiding a lot of people, a lot of things that could probably help you feel better. You know, there's negative changes in your thinking and your mood and, and how you think about yourself, other people. There's a lot of shame associated with this as well. Big T trauma often leads to feelings of hopelessness, like this is never going to get better. Um, some folks have reported memory problems, you know, difficulties maintaining close relationships, which can come from avoiding your feelings or avoiding people, avoiding talking about stuff. Um, there's hypervigilance that comes, and that's just like, you know, when you're feeling really, really scared about stuff, you're constantly looking around and, and trying to make sure there's no danger around you, even if you are in a very safe setting. And so when you're hypervigilant and you're constantly um, trying to pay attention to external things, you're not really looking inward, you're not really being introspective, and you're not really 
you know, being in tune or being mindful of your internal processes, your emotions, your thoughts. And so it becomes really hard to regulate that stuff. And when you're not emotionally regulated, like everything just feels out of whack. You know, it's really hard to function in school or in your job. Other folks have reported like self-destructive behaviors, you know, that can look like substance use, reckless driving, reckless sexual behavior. There's also difficulty sleeping. And with concentration, you might be really irritable and have angry outbursts um, because you're unable to regulate your emotions. PTSD can also manifest very differently depending on how old you are. In adults, it will look a certain way. And with children, um, it also manifests quite differently. For children, a lot of times they will reenact the events of the trauma through their play. And, you know, kids, they're still learning how to speak. Language is still something that they're absorbing. And so their primary language is play. When you observe kids that have been traumatized, the way that they play and interact with other kids is going to look a little bit different if they're having trouble processing what has happened. You know, adults and kids will experience frightening dreams. And a lot of times kids have even less language to experience explain what is so frightening to them. And it can be really hard to process this stuff if they're unable to communicate with other people what it is that they need. So as you can see, there's so many different symptoms that can come yeah, after having experienced trauma. And like I said, it manifests differently in each and every person depending on so many different things. And so from this giant list of things, like if even if you've experienced a couple of these things, it could be of concern, especially if it's impacting your life. Now, with these different symptoms and signs, do you think that there are any myths attached to PTSD or even the term? Absolutely. I mean, there's myths about everything, right? Like, um, depending on whatever the topic is, is you're going to have like more than three perspectives all the time. But um, kind of said this earlier, but I think some folks assume based on whatever it is that they've heard in their life, that PTSD is something that only affects combat veterans. Um, and that's not the case, right? It's not something that's exclusive to veterans or active duty military. PTSD is now something that's affecting everybody. And another myth is that you'll develop the symptoms of PTSD right after your traumatic event. And that isn't true either. Some folks report starting to notice weird things in how they are feeling and how they're behaving years after experiencing a traumatic event. So sometimes some of these symptoms or the manifestation of this disorder can lay dormant within you for a long time um, until maybe you experience another triggering event or something that's very similar to what happened to you before. Some other myths include that and we touched on this, is that everybody who experiences trauma is going to develop PTSD. And what we observe truly is that's not the case, right? It's actually a pretty small minority of folks that experience trauma that will develop these symptoms. And again, that's, that's very dependent on so many factors. And I think that there's no absolute measure of it because we're all so different and unique as individuals. But there's like resilience factors and there's risk factors. If you've grown up in an abusive home and you had um, uh, a neglected childhood, really, I think those are some serious risk factors as to whether you will develop um, symptoms of PTSD later in your life. Um, we don't experience symptoms of anything all in the same way. It all looks different for individual people. So that giant list of things that could happen if you've experienced trauma, it doesn't mean that you're going to experience all these things. And it doesn't mean that that you would experience the same symptoms as somebody right next to you. I think there's a misconception that people with PTSD are violent. 
Um, while that's true for some people, a lot of folks do not display this kind of behavior. And, and I think that's a very dangerous myth that exists because then it creates fear of folks that are struggling with this. And another myth that I think is important to remember is that it doesn't just go away by itself. Um, and at the same time, it's not incurable. There is treatment out there that exists that is effective for you. So all this to say, with anything that has potential to have myths around it, I think it's just because of human nature. We are always constantly trying to explain things away or wanting to have the reason as to why something is here with us in our world. What might be myth to you could actually be true for somebody else. So it's, it's good to consider everything from so many different angles. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Much like walking the dog or taking out the trash, social anxiety is an unavoidable part of our lives. Nobody likes feeling left out and that awful feeling of FOMO, but telling your friends how you feel sometimes is really hard. That's where BetterHelp comes in. BetterHelp is here for you to talk about however you're feeling or whatever you're struggling with at the moment. You can start communicating in under 48 hours with professional counselors securely online. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counsellors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counselling and financial aid is available. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash holly. That's better H-E-L-P and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. We have a special offer for 21 and over listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash holly. That's 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash holly. What advice would you give to people who who do have PTSD and are kind of going through the avoiding stage? Because that's definitely something I do. What we're what we're often doing with avoidance is is an attempt to protect ourselves. Most of the things that we do after experiencing something scary or frightening is an attempt to cope with it. The thing is, not all coping mechanisms are healthy for you, and not all coping mechanisms are effective even. And sometimes what helped you cope previously just doesn't make sense in your current life situation or environment. So it could be that some kind of coping skill or mechanism that was very effective in some prior year, now you've incorporated this into your current life, and in fact, this coping thing that you're doing might not be very, very good for you anymore. And, and like an example of this is like alcohol use. It is a way to cope, right? It helps numb your feelings, quiet those things down, but it can be taken to a level where now you have developed this other kind of problem. So the advice is if you find yourself avoiding a lot, I'm going to recommend that you consider seeing a therapist. And in therapy, you're going to start learning a different things to start restoring your sense of safety in this world, because that is what has been ripped away from you when you've been traumatized, is not having the ability to feel like the world around you is safe. Consider talking to somebody and and remember that avoidance is not going to make this memory or this thing go away. Sometimes 
to get to the other side of something. You can't just keep going around all these things. Sometimes you just really need to go through it and process what happened to you. So a really small piece of something that I can give to listeners now is to consider looking into something called mindfulness. This is a really popular term now you're going to be seeing in all kinds of places, but truly what it gets down to is bringing your attention to this present moment and being able to ground yourself and really you know, express to your body and your mind that in this moment you are safe. And so it's really about getting in tune with what's right in front of you so that you're not constantly worried about what may or may not happen in the future or dwelling on all these things that have happened in the past. And that's a really interesting thing about our psyche. It becomes very challenging to enjoy our present moment when we are just drowning in depression, which is you know, very past-based or anxiety, which is often future-focused. I know that was really long-winded, but ultimately what I'm saying is like, if you find yourself avoiding stuff, you really want to be thinking about considering that thinking about this stuff and really putting your attention on it and processing it um, is, is going to be a lot more helpful in the long run, even though it might be very painful and uncomfortable to deal with right now. Talking definitely does help. Um, that's something I've learned in the past. So if a listener hears all of this and they are thinking to themselves, a lot of this sounds like me, what would you suggest that they do? I think there's never a wrong time to consider getting into therapy. Um, I think there is a misconception that you have to wait until you're like having panic attacks all the time and you can't sleep at all and you've been missing school or you can't go get yourself to go to work. Um, some folks are thinking like, I'm not at that level yet, so I don't think I really need to talk to someone. Um, really, I think... Like I said, never a wrong time. Even if you're doing really swimmingly with your social relationships, your performance at school or at work, um, anybody could benefit from increased insight and learning healthier ways to cope with everyday stressors. But when it comes to trauma, if you leave this untreated and unchecked, now you have all these wounds inside of you that will continue to bleed out on other people. Um, so it's really important to take care of yourself so that you can continue navigating through this big, giant, beautiful world. Yeah, so that's that's my strongest piece of advice is to consider that sometimes when we are really ill, wounded, and sick, it is very, very hard to find healing just by ourselves. And it is totally okay and really, really good, really encouraged to seek out support from other folks that might be able to help you with different kinds of backgrounds and expertise. I think a lot from what I hear that that comes with PTSD is the feeling of shame and that's really a sort of attached to, to the trauma and when you're in that place of shame it's probably very difficult to to seek the help um, because you're very stuck would you would you say you know that that's kind of what holds people back perhaps um, yeah for for some folks I'm sure you know shame is it can be very debilitating so there is a distinction between guilt and shame for, for those that are very interested in semantics, right? Guilt is when you feel bad about something that you've done. Now, shame is the next level. It's when you feel bad about something that you've done because you think that you are a bad person, 
right? So guilt is feeling bad about something outside of yourself. And shame becomes super internalized because now you're getting into these core beliefs that you are a bad person. And so you start rationalizing and explaining everything in this life from the lens of I am a bad person. And so I should feel bad about everything because I am bad. Um, The other thing with trauma is there's often something called survivor's guilt, which often leads to other feelings of shame. It's like maybe I shouldn't have survived this thing. Why was it me? I'm not very good or I am bad. Um, It doesn't make sense. So when somebody is feeling very, very shameful, they might even start adopting this idea or believing in the thought that they don't deserve help, that they don't deserve to feel good or they don't deserve to feel better. And that can definitely hold somebody back from seeking out support and help if they don't think that they are supposed to get that or receive that from the universe. It is an option not to do anything about it. And and that's always going to be somebody's choice. Uh, but I think most people at least want to want to feel better. And so I think um, you owe it to yourself and, and any kind of chance of having a healthy and fulfilling life to consider doing things to start feeling better. Um, and, and that can be really, really challenging for a lot of folks. So my encouragement always is just to consider that, you know, whether somebody is a good or a bad person always comes down to perception and it's not an absolute truth. You don't have to believe in everything that you think. And, and you were mentioning about how um, people can experience the same trauma, but some will have, you know, then experience PTSD and others won't. How common would you say that PTSD is, you know, having experienced a trauma? Mm-hmm. Um, well, PTSD can occur in all people. It doesn't discriminate, right? It doesn't matter what your ethnic background is or your gender identity, um, what country you're from or what your cultural background, even your age, right? It doesn't discriminate. However, it it affects still a pretty small percentage of folks. So um, I in the U.S., it, it affects approximately 3.5% of adults every year. So it's an estimated 1 in 11 people that will be diagnosed with PTSD sometime in their lifetime. Um, some other stats about it, women are twice as likely as men to have or develop PTSD. Um, and there are some ethnic groups that are now showing in research to have more propensity for developing these symptoms. And in the U.S., though, that is the Latino group, the African-American group, and American Indians or Native Americans. Um, they're disproportionately effective and high, have higher rates of PTSD. Um, and this is according to the American Psychiatric Association. And, and we can all start thinking about like why this might be. And I think because there are some risk factors involved, as well as resilience factors, right? Um, so, depending on what kind of life you had as a child or what's going on now as an adult, what does your social support look like, all these kinds of things, um, there's so many different factors that may affect whether you developed this kind of symptom or not. You mentioned earlier hypervigilance being a symptom. How easy is that for either friends or family to notice? Because I think I was very good at hiding my PTSD and kind of, I was at an age where it was kind of normal to go out and drink and be out all the time and avoid thinking about the trauma. But is that a common thing? It's interesting that you're talking about how easy it was for you to hide this stuff. And I think that can be said of many mental health concerns. Um, 
it's like an invisible disease, right? Or an invisible sickness or illness is oftentimes if you don't want people to know about it, you can put up a front or put up this facade to make it seem like everything is fine. Um, but hypervigilance, that is pretty hard to hide because that is something about like constantly being afraid of your surroundings and your environment. And I think for those that know you pretty well, so that's like close friends, maybe family, they'll probably start noticing that you're on edge, right? Or uh, easily startled, easily frightened. Um, but at the same time, like all of this stuff, I still think depending on what setting that you're in and what your personal motivations are in any given moment, you can probably still hide those things. Um, and it also depends on what your baseline was, right? Like, what were you like before this traumatic event? Was your personality something that's going to be similar or different to what is now being manifested through these symptoms? Um, for folks that are really outgoing and secure, stable, sleeping well, uh, you know, eating well, taking care of themselves well, once they've experienced a traumatic event, and if they are somebody that develops PTSD over time, um, I think there is quite a stark difference in their demeanor and just the way that they carry themselves with other people. Now, a question that we always ask our guests is, what piece of advice would you give your 21-year-old self? For, for young folks, a lot of times you think if I just have a little bit more life, I'll have it all figured out. And when I have everything figured out, I'm going to feel so secure and everything's going to be good. I'm never going to be anxious again because I'm going to be old enough to know everything. And, and I guess my advice to younger self is like, that is not true. Um, the more you learn in this life and the more you absorb everything around you, the more you realize you don't know. And so moving through life with humility and, and open acceptance to the notion that you can keep learning throughout your entire life. I think that's really um, a good perspective that I've adopted over the past you know, decade and something that I would gladly share with my younger self. Keep your eyes open to things that you can continually learn um, from other people and from the world around you. I like that. Yeah, so do I. Thank you. It's a good one to think about as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing all of your insights and knowledge. Well, thank you so much for considering my perspective. Hesu, thank you so much again. If you want to talk to therapists like Hesu, don't forget there are hundreds available at betterhelp.com and 21 and over listeners get a special discount by visiting betterhelp.com forward slash holly. It was so interesting to talk to Hesu today and she really gave so much more insight that I mean I personally wish I had mm. a few years ago. Absolutely. I think with PTSD that it would it, it might never affect them or like mm. you know it, it sort of the word trauma people get kind of confused with and and scared of um, and I think it was really important how she differentiated between big T trauma and little T trauma and that you don't necessarily have have to go through something like a plane crash or, or you know being in in war to experience PTSD especially you know when when she was talking about this last year mm. uh, or 18 months and how that the manifestation of the PTSD might take time and it's something that I guess we, we should be aware of definitely I think for sure it's important to always be mindful of yourself and also your friends and family and kind of mm. if you do notice changes you know maybe have a chat with them or I guess keep an eye on it until you think there is something bad like 
basically saying to, to make sure that you talk about it. It's very easy for us to minimize things, right? Like, and to make things, you know, not seem like it's a problem or, you know, hiding it perhaps mm. because we're afraid of the feelings around it. So just to make sure to, you know, seek help with, with someone that you feel comfortable with. Definitely. I think as well as talking, listening to your friends or even like checking in on yourself and just listening to yourself as well is so important. Absolutely. Listening. That's a really good point. <laughs> that's a really good point. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to 21 and Over. As always, Tally, thank you for joining us today. And a huge thank you to Hesu Joe for being our guest today. Please don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you listen to your favourite podcasts to get updated on new episodes. Also, don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram. We're at 21 and Over with Holly. And if you'd like to send us a note, you can either send us a DM or email us at 21andover at studioramsey.com. See you next time. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.